What's going on, guys? Welcome to Week 9 of the Playbook with Joey and Zach on WZBC AM Sports Radio. I hope this week has been a good one for everyone. hope everyone's doing well. We're happy to be back in the studio tonight for the first time in two weeks off the COVID IL. Uh, tonight, we're going to get things started uh, by recapping Monday night's Beanpot semifinal matchup for BC against Northeastern. Uh, tough game for BC, losing 3-1. to one. We'll break it down, give our uh, picks for the, for the finals uh, between BC and North, BU and Northeastern. And uh, get into some other stuff. What, what else are we getting into? Let's go. So after that, we're going to talk about Tom Brady's retirement. Um, he made his Instagram post last week, and we're also going to give our reactions on um, you know him not mentioning the Patriots and uh, Patriots Nation in his initial post. Um, you know, just giving a quick story uh, as a shout out to the fans. Then we're going to cover the NFL Conference Championship games from last week and give our predictions for the Super Bowl this weekend with the uh, Rams and Bengals. And then to finish off this episode, we're going to talk about tomorrow's 3 p.m. NBA trade deadline and what we think the Celtics need to do um, yeah. to keep themselves in a contending state. So should be a good one. And then hopefully at the end, we're hoping to have a few minutes, have Mike Hurley call in, the sports guru himself, call in, talk about Tuka Rask retirement, which just happened today in the current state of the Bruins. We'd love to have, we'd love to have him come on, hopefully for a couple minutes. Uh, the sports guru, though, it's always a, it's always a pleasure having him on. So mm-hmm. looking forward to that, for too. Sure. Should be a good one, though. What mm-hmm. a beast. Yeah, so let's get right into it. Um, so Beanpot Monday night, Northeastern 3, BC 1. It was a really close game until the end, I thought. Um, you know, Patrick Giles scoring that one goal, um, coming down the stretch of the third period. And then BC put together a lot of great opportunities, um, you know, towards the end of the game. You know, I thought we were going to bring it back and forth over time. Um, unfortunately, Northeastern held strong, getting a goal with about 30 seconds left. Um, once BC got called for that penalty with about a minute left to go, it was pretty much over um you know we had to put dot back in that and then we were down four to five so mm-hmm. um you know tough finish for the game but high energy game overall um yeah, you know especially coming down the stretch in the third period and uh yeah. i mean obviously things to lose but you know coming that close to a team like northeastern that's been hot and considering we've been zero and nine now zero and ten in 2022 um you know you can't really de- uh can't really be disappointed with the way the team played and how some of these young guys in the roster stepped up. Yeah, I mean, for BC, a positive was how well Dub played. I know going into the game, that was the biggest thing I was critical of, you were critical of. I think every BC fan was talking about him averaging three goals allowed per game. BC giving up 35 goals in the previous uh, seven games, was it, and only scored 15 goals in, in those seven in that span uh, before the bean pot. So I know going into the game, Dup was a big question mark, and he actually played really well. The first goal we gave up was off a deflection. Um, Gunnar Wolfonte made a very good play from Northeastern. It's got to be covered up by the, the defenseman. There was no one there. No one hit it away. So Dup obviously hit it and didn't know where it went, and the two defensemen just watched it, just like, you know, in, in football when there's a, a, a deep pass and the cornerback just gets, you know, lost looking, sleeping. So that was a tough play. Then the second goal was a power play goal by Northeastern. Then the third one as well. Um, the second one was just a great pass. Aiden McDonough cross ice to Gunnar Fontaine, not to F- Gunnar Fontaine, excuse me, to Sam Colangelo. It was a great pass through the D, um, and, and Colangelo had a great snipe too. It was a great play, so I can't blame Duff for that one. Then the third was a power play goal. I mean, there was no one there in front of the net. Mm-hmm. Jordan yeah, there, there was right no down. defense there. So Justin Ritzkovi finished it, but there mm-hmm. was no defense. I'm not going to blame Duff. He actually made yeah, none of those three goals were really Duff's fault. I mean, just the, a lot just of our the first one, games. he got the deflection, but the defense that was tough. Too. Yeah, um, but he actually played very well considering Northeastern. You know, lit it up for, I think, 28 shots on goal. Obviously, BC put a lot of shots on goal. TJ Semptonfelter from Northeastern played very well. I'd say he was the MVP of the game. 41 saves and 42 shots. Um, only freshman, 19 years old. Um, and only, I think, his second, third career start. Second game, actually, you know, getting uh, minutes against, uh, you know, a good team like BC. Big big environment. Obviously, BC struggling this year. But getting a team put up 41, 42 shots on goal, it's a good amount of shots. Clearly, mm-hmm. BC's offense was at least failing at that day. And Northeastern's defense played really well, kicking it out. 
Yeah, he had a couple big time saves. BC had a couple good looking one time towards uh, you know the end of the game and just throughout the game too, and he just robbed them glove side uh, glove side every time. It felt like yeah, um, yeah. You know, BC won the power play what two or three times. I think they had three power plays. Um, yeah, and I mean every time we had a couple good looks. You know, BC's power play was strong, but just couldn't put one past uh, Northeastern's goalie. So yeah, props we, to him. We were a big fan of him. His Instagram, as we said before, that kid's an absolute beast. Nineteen um, years old, him. freshman. Um, actually, an interesting fact about him is that he didn't have many offers coming into his senior year of high school. He just signed with Northeastern in April. So usually guys are signing in their 11th grade, usually beginning of 12th grade, usually at least before their high school senior season's over. He signed after it. Uh, he played for the Boston Junior Bruins, and actually Caden Prima, former Northeastern goalie, uh, recommended going to Northeastern for him because I guess he was in talks with Northeastern, but you know wasn't his clear-cut number one choice. And ended up going, and look, it worked out for him. He stepped up. Obviously, without Devin Levi there, he would he's going to mm-hmm. have to have a big game, and he did. And I really think like it didn't make a difference to that Levi. I thought that was going to be the biggest issue is yeah. not having a you know locked on goalie like Levi. Absolutely, and, and having Jordan Harris there too. was huge. I mean, he might only take two or three shifts off on like that kid was out in the entire game, the anchor of the defense. Um, Jaden Strubo came back too, so Northeastern's defense was definitely you know well equipped. Everyone was back in. You know, a lot of guys have been injured were, were back and playing, but. Um, definitely a tough game for BC, but they were right in it. It was really a 2-1 game for the most part until that last goal. Um, you know, before in our special, like, highlighted Gunnable Fontaine and Sam Colangelo, both of them at two points each, sophomore forwards. Probably Northeastern's second and third and fourth best players, I would say. Um, I'd say Colangelo would maybe even be second. Uh, that's how good he is. Um, so we'll see how it goes uh, on Monday. They'll be playing BU in the finals. Um, Northeastern's going to have to have a big game, obviously, from Semton Felter again. BU's coming off a 4-3 win over Harvard. They're 9-1 now in the last 10. Hottest team in the country, which we highlighted mm-hmm. last episode. And yep. the craziest fact is that they've been unbeaten in regulation since November. That's crazy. That team's so hot. They're looking, um, I mean, to make a great Hockey East and National Championship run this year. I think they're yeah. probably the hottest team in the country hey, right they get now. hot. It's the worst. Mm-hmm. Being a BC fan, yeah, hey, fan be, be like that. you never want them to be good. But they played mm-hmm. well. I mean, Harvard fought. They were down Harvard gave them a good game, though. BU started up 4-1 fast, and everyone thought the game was over. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were going to go in for the third period, and then we were at the restaurant, and the lady was like, ah, I no need. He has 4-1. Don't leave. Uh, so we ended up playing at the restaurant. And then, yeah. Yeah, I got a nice big uh, check at the end. But, um, yeah, Harvard really brought it back. Two quick Four, goals in a span of... 21 was, seconds. Yeah, 21 seconds. That was it. Um, you know, brought a lot of energy. And, you know, I thought they could have came back and won that game, which would have been really cool to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I was rooting for a Harvard Northeastern game, so the Louisville Big Three could get back after it. Matt Walsh, Mark Walsh, me would all been <laughs> a tough loss, but it's okay. Sick. But uh, yeah, Northeastern BU is shaping up to be a good final. Yeah. Uh, next Monday night at eight PM. I'm psyched. Um, yeah, I'm sure you're psyched Roll for skis, the Huskies. Roll skis, come on, let's go. But the Northeastern Canadians after today, the uh, the Hughes brothers, Riley Hughes and Jack Hughes on Northeastern. Um, their dad is the GM of the Canadians. Kent Hughes just got named it a month ago, and then Ryan St. Louis. His, his father, Martin St. Louis, former Hall of Fame uh, hockey player, is now the interim head coach of the Canadians. And Jaden Struble and Jordan Harris on Northeastern are Canadians draft picks. So the Northeastern Canadians, wow. there Canadians go. left <laughs> and right, they're, they're, they're stacked. But, yeah, it'll be it's a like big BC game. with the Wild and the Avalanche. Yeah, yeah, they're always stacked out there in, in, in the western part of the uh, uh, NHL. But that's the thing, though. It'll be interesting to see, though. Harvard obviously came back, made a game, made a 4-3, as we said. Um, great goal by Jack Donato. Um, to make it a closer game, 4-3. Um, I was very ruined for that. BU had a big goal from Jay O'Brien, who I highlighted um, in our special. We also had an assist. BU backup goalie, uh, Vinny Duplacis, played very well in Comesso's absence. He went to the Olympics, as I said, and 
Uh, Casey Dornback of, of Harvard played pretty well, too. Had an assist. Uh, had a goal with an assist from Matt Coronado, who I also highlighted. It'll be a big game, obviously. BU's coming in hot, 9-1, as we said. And Northeastern's got to get going right away, start scoring. Um, Gunnar Fontaine, Sam Colangelo, Riley Hughes. Guys that are putting shots on net, they just got to keep doing it if they want to win this game. And, and I'm mm. going to be psyched. If the I, defense and goalie keep playing like that, though, I mean, they can the beat anyone on that team. My, my voice is gone because of that game, if you can't tell. So Still, two days later. Sorry if I'm <laughs> missing some words here and my voice is cracking. But uh, I went crazy, me and Mark Walsh, in the Northeastern student section. We got ourselves a night. Um, but it was an unreal atmosphere though, with the Bean Park Meadow. If you win or lose, it's always a time. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, still a great atmosphere, regardless thing. of um, you know the outcome of the game. We both had a lot of fun, I know. So absolutely, um, definitely a good experience. Absolutely. So predictions, um, big game. Northeast actually is game on Friday night against UMass Lowell. It's always the Friday before the Bean Park final is always a letdown, typically for most teams that are in the finals. Um, so Northeast get UMass Lowell tough contest this Friday night um, at UMass Lowell, but hopefully they come out hot. In the bean pot, I'd rather lose the you know the Friday night game but win the bean pot. Hopefully they come sure, out in the bean pot. Um, but I'm going to go four two Northeastern. Um, I think it'll be a good game once again. I know last week I had a four two win by Northeastern and on November third in our last episode or second episode was it? I predicted a four two win for Northeastern against BC. It was a two goal win either way. I'm hoping again. You know I'm taking another two goal win. Um, but. It'll be a big game, though. What do you think? Let's take your prediction. I'll finish mine in a second. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, just with B, uh, BU being so hot, you saw the way they came out last game and scored four goals pretty much right off the bat. It felt like, um, I mean, I really don't think there's any team in Boston that can handle them right now. Um, you know, just their offensive firepower of the season. We've seen it all year. Um, I mean, they put up a lot of goals per game. So I think Northeastern, with, you know, the way their goaltending and defense was last game, they can hold them in check to three, maybe four or two goals, um, two if they're lucky. Um but it's just going to be too much to handle, and I don't think Northeastern is going to be able to put in enough scoring past that defense. So I'm going to go 3-2 BU. I have 3-2 Northeastern. Um, Northeastern played them on November 19th and November 20th at a home-and-home. Home. Northeastern won the first game, one nothing overtime, goal from Aiden McDonough. And then in the second game on that Saturday at Northeastern, Northeastern won uh, 3-2 in a shootout. It was a 2-2 tie, but Northeastern got the extra Same. point because of the shootout. Aiden McDonough had two goals in that game. So he had all three goals for Northeastern, actually, um, which which is nuts within that, within that span. Have, uh, he needs to have a big night. Need another big game from him. I got this is a new BU team though. They haven't looked the same. I mean, Northeastern's beaten them though. I think I think we have an edge. Obviously, just coming off a big win, three one win. They also had a four three win, which is a good game. Good game for them. But Northeastern three two win. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have MVP the Eberle Award. I think it's gonna go to TJ Semdenfelter, giving the best goalie. Um, and I think I have goals from Sam Colangelo, Ada McDonough, and Riley Nowhere Hughes. Got goals from all three of them. 3-2 Northeastern win. Guys always make big names themselves in the bean pot from Northeastern. Uh, going back to Adam Gaudet, Kevin Waugh, uh, Eric Williams, um, uh, Zach Solo, Caden Primo. Guys always make big names themselves in the biggest moments. Jordan Harris two years ago had a game-winning goal in overtime against BU in the finals in 2020. Guys always make big names themselves. This year could be TJ Samdenfeld if he can continue this on Monday night. 3-2 Northeastern. Roskies, baby. Let's go. Roskies. We go. Um, yeah, so let's get into Tuka Rask retirement. Um, if you haven't heard yet today, Tuka Rask uh, released a statement that he is retiring from hockey. Um, obviously a tough day for Boston sports fans. He hasn't had a great season since coming back um, You know, midway through the season in uh, early January. Um, so, I mean, it's definitely tough to hear. He's been a great bro in his whole career. Um, you know, since playing with us on our Stanley Cup run in 2011 and then um, you know, being in the Stanley Cup, unfortunately not winning with us in 2013-2019. Um, just been a pleasure watching him. And, I mean, he's always kept us in games 
Um, you know, he's always stellar. He makes big saves and big time moments. Um, so definitely sad to see him retire, but you know, happy yeah. for him in a way too. Yeah, I mean, he tried to come back after the hip surgery. Obviously, it was going to be a long process. He gave it a shot. All respect to the world for giving it one more shot. Uh, you know, at, a, at another cup run. Um, obviously, it didn't end the way he wanted it to, but. I'm happy he at least went out on his own terms. Obviously, the injury was tough, but he came to the conclusion mid-season that this was his best option, and, and I'm happy for him. After 15 years, the 2013 Vesna winner, obviously won in 2011, like you said. Um, he had a great career, and, and he brought us on a couple big runs, you know, and, and obviously it didn't work out the end of his career, and I wish mm-hmm. we won more. It does I know he wishes we won more, but mm-hmm. he's a legend at the end of the day. Mike Crow coming on later on, hopefully give us his, us, give us his opinion on that, um, hopefully at the end. Um, he can talk about the current state of the Bruins, too, and how they're looking. Talk about Taylor Hall and all the boys. Um, David mm-hmm. Pasternak, all of them. Hopefully he can come out and give us... Yeah, I mean, you know, this last month aside, he saw the great end to his career. You know, that 2019 Stanley Cup Finals run, and then uh, 2021, we made it to the second round, which is still, I mean, for the Bruins, we have such high expectations, but it's still not a, you know, it's still a good season, um, just even making it that far and, you know, losing a tough series against the Islanders. Um, but, yeah. you know, so... I think a lot of people are going to look at these last few weeks and say, oh, you know, he really ended his career on a bad note, but it was really just those few weeks. But And I really hope that doesn't overshadow the way he's played the last couple of years. Yeah, no, it was definitely tough. I'm happy he at least gave it another run. As we said, things didn't work out. But at the end of the day, obviously, Swayman was playing well this season, and, and that was another thing. I mean, Swayman lost all his minutes after, you know, we said Tuka was coming back, and Swayman ended up getting sent down to the AHL which was tough for a guy that was, you know, getting in the groove right before they sent him down. Um, but here's the thing. At the end of the day, obviously he had a great career, and I'm hoping, you know, wishing nothing nothing but the best for him. Hopefully he can take some time with his family and be with him now that, I mean, his playing career was 2004 to 2022, so that's 18, 19 years professionally. He's 34 years old, so not even, you know, midway through his 30s yet, almost 35. So hopefully things work out for him. Wishing him nothing but the best for a first-round pick. Uh, by the Toronto Maple Leafs. Happy the Bruins traded for him, and I'm happy he was a B. Um, obviously, things didn't work out in the end, but still got us a Stanley Cup and brought us to a couple of them. So, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. can't complain. Still a great career, yeah. Um, hopefully a Hall of Famer should be. Um, I'm definitely in Boston for sure. So, yeah. um, so actually, since we haven't had an episode in two weeks, we want to talk about Tom Brady's retirement a little bit. Yeah, big, um, since big we were gone. So, Yeah. Um, honestly, I, didn't, I wasn't too surprised that he retired. I felt like um, you know, after the Bucks lost that game to the Rams in the divisional round, um, you know, Tom Brady made that post on his Instagram, just please give me my space right now, just I need time to think about the season. The last time I said that was after um, the Pats lost to the Titans two years ago, and he ended up leaving for the Bucks. So I kind of knew something was coming. Um, and it just felt like the right time, too. It seemed like the Bucks were so close to winning a Super Bowl this year, but the only way they could get better next year is if Godwin stays healthy, and that's assuming everyone um, on their team who, you know, everyone's getting older, um, you know, keeps playing at that high of a level. Um, you know, I really don't think the Bucks would have won a Super Bowl again. I think Brady realized that. I think Giselle wanted him to retire. I think Brady wanted to be with his kids more as well. Um, so the move was obviously, um, you know, moves people a little bit, but I wasn't super surprised. Um, obviously, watching football is not going to be the same anymore. Um, it's like such a great career. Mm-hmm. It. Yeah, it's just it not the same. It just feels like there can't be an NFL with Tom Brady. Um, but, you know, great career, seven Super Bowls. Um, I mean, you really can't beat that. He's definitely the GOAT. Um, I think in everyone's eyes, I really don't see any way that you can debate that, like the NBA. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I predicted a couple weeks ago, a couple weeks ago now, I predicted he'd retire when my uncle came on. Shout out, Unc. 
uh, for coming on and calling in. Um, I predicted he'd retire, but I'm still shocked by it. I thought he was going to retire just by gut feeling, but at the end of the day, you never know they're going to retire until they do it. Um, but as, as you said, 22 years, 20 years with the Patriots, two years with the Bucks, seven Super Bowls, three MVPs. He can't ask for anything more on a sixth-round pick that came in you know, with no expectations, probably to be a backup quarterback and do a sixth-round pick. I mean, your expectations are you're going to be a second or third string realistically, and he made a career out of it, obviously, and won yeah, three MVPs, draft, seven Super Bowls. Most people drafted that late, don't even stick around for more than a few years. Seven quarterback taken in that draft. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, things worked out for him in New England. Things worked out with Belichick. I think they were just perfect for each other, and if he was drafted by another team, I don't know if he'd be the same player, and I don't know if Belichick didn't draft him, he'd be the same coach. I think they were just a perfect match. And I think things worked out the way they had to there with, with them two being matched. But this was the first year I actually had him in fantasy. So I guess I can say his last year in, in the NFL, I drafted him. First time probably drafted him. Hey, I became a slightly bigger fan. So. I drafted him in fantasy. I know my fr- my mm-hmm. friends were all so shocked. Mike Curley was shocked. But I said I wanted to win it this year. He gave me a good run, actually. But McCaffrey's the one that yeah, he did have a good year. really screwed me over. But I, yeah, I, I drafted Saquon. I didn't do much better. Actually, I, I got, uh, Saquon got auto-picked for me. I uh, Double down on him. Had some technical difficulties during my high school draft. It happens. So that was tough. Hey, you know what happens. I love Saquon. I, would, I took him actually one of my drafts. But our league here, though, I got robbed. I had uh, what did I have? Now I'm forget, uh, forgetting. In so many leagues, the uh, Jack and Toy League's taken over my mind. Yeah, that was a tough one too. But we we you know, we bounced back. Yeah, facts. Um, but yeah, so the, the one thing about Brady's retirement: spent 20 years with the Patriots. Obviously, won six Super Bowls with them. And he thanked everyone in Tampa Bay's organization, from their fans to the sports staff to his teammates to his coaches, all the way down to the people that work in the parking lot, and then neglected the Patriots in that post, which I wasn't a fan of. I'm not even a Patriots fan, but I, I didn't like that. I know Patriots fans say, well, he said it in his goodbye post to the Patriots, but that doesn't make it right. You know, a retirement mm-hmm. post it was, uh, culminates that was, your whole you know, career. It was a whole Instagram post that was 10 slides long. About and, the Bucks. Know, each one had paragraphs on it, and you know he talked about Bruce Arians, his teammates in the Bucks, the Tampa Bay fans. Down to the people not that one word the dining about, hall and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not one word Patriots. about New England, Pats Nation, anything like that. I don't um, like that either. And I'm not a Patriots. Yeah, it does leave a bitter taste in your mouth a little bit. Um, and then he did uh, make a story post, which I mean, only lasts for 24 hours after that. Just True. like a repost of something that the Patriots posted, and he just said something along the lines of "Love you, Patriots Nation" with a heart. Um, I mean, that's tough to see. I mean, at least him and the fans. You can say what you want about him and Belichick, but Brady and the New England Patriot fans, I mean, they don't have a bad relationship at all. Um, even when Brady left, no one was booing him or anything. It was just all love, um, and it always has been with him. So, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, I was hoping for a little bit more with his retirement post, and I feel like he should have showed out at least the fans and you know New England. Just, um, I mean, he treated us well, and I feel like we treated him well too. So, yeah, I don't. It's yeah. to see that. I wasn't a fan of that. I'm not a Patriots fan, as I said. I'm a Giants fan. I think everyone on here knows that. Um, but even from an outside perspective, I think he should have said thank you to the Patriots. It, you know, even just a thank you. Just it, you know, obviously a paragraph would be nice because the Tampa Bay Bucks got ten paragraphs. You said, but at least give them a thank you in that post. A story afterwards. I think he did it on purpose because you're not just gonna forget the Patriots. You're not gonna forget you didn't play that for twenty years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was his whole career, pretty on, much. I think it was on purpose. Six out of seven Super Bowls, twenty um, years. And and I wouldn't be a fan of. That. I was a Patriots fan. You know, Patriots fans defended them tooth and nail through Spygate to Flategate. Um, followed him down to Tampa Bay and rooted for people with Bucks fans these last two years buying his jerseys. Patriots fans would take a bullet for him. I would take a bullet for Eli Manning myself. Like you know what I mean? We all have our favorite players and favorite quarterbacks yeah, and all that. Sure. Um, but you got to give them a shout out and a thank you. And he didn't retire Patriot either. I mean, I, you know, maybe that's something to come. Maybe it doesn't seem like it is. I think he's just retiring a bucket. Yeah, I don't think it's something to come at all. Why would you not retire Patriot? Even even if you and Belichick weren't the best of friends, Barry the Hatchet called mm-hmm. a day and they never talked to him. Him and Kraft are still great friends that's too, what I'm saying. which is yeah. odd. So I mean, he's got the fans and the coach. Um, exactly. And most of the players too that he you know played up there: Julian Edelman, Gronk, 
uh, Devin McCourty. A lot of those staple Patriot guys are, you know, they're still great friends, them and Brady. So he's still well-connected to New England, um, you know, which is odd all around. I get the whole Bill Belichick thing. Um, but even then, he still reposted a story and just said, called Bill Belichick the greatest coach. So it is just odd the way he went about it. Um, yeah, I don't get it. Definitely yeah. a little bit of shade. Because, I mean, obviously he looked it over probably 100 times himself, that post, and, you know, had so many other people look at it. So he knew what he was doing and not including the Pats. Um, but, I mean, then again, he did include us in, you know, his farewell to New England um, speech and everything. So personally, I'm not really upset about it. I wish he included us, but it really doesn't change my mind of him at all. I mean, at the end of the day, a retirement post does culminate your retire career. From the day you drafted to the day you retire, everything's within that. Obviously, 20 years with Patriots. Not saying thank you to them and the fans. Don't thanks, don't say thank you to Belichick. Just say thank you to the fans if you want. But And once again, I'm offended by it. I'm not a Patriots fan. I just think that's the only right thing to do. I mean, this is the same guy that didn't shake Nick Foles' hand or Eli Manning's hand after both Super Bowls. So maybe he just, doesn't, maybe he just has an entitlement to him and just feels like he doesn't have to thank you guys because... You know, he handed you six Super Bowls, so I don't have to say thank you. I think that might be his mindset. I don't like that at all. I like my guys. Stand up. Didn't shake Eli's hand either Super Bowl. I don't care if Eli lost. I would love Eli to go over and shake his hand. That's just the right thing to do as a man, as a player, as a quarterback, as a leader. That's the right thing to do, and he didn't. So it actually doesn't surprise me, I guess, that I think of it. Still, you can't try put anyone check on the greatest quarterback of all time. Greatest player of all time shake, to have a I mean, Super Bowl. So. When, you're, when it's man to man, quarterback to quarterback. You know what I mean? Leader to leader. I think you could shake the guy's hand no matter if you win or lose. I just think it's the right thing to do. I mean, Richard Sherman talked all that smack and I don't disagree with the Patriots. I can't change your opinion of him. Richard Sherman went, went right over to Brady and shook his hand after talking all the smack and run his mouth you know, for that whole week or, or, or that two-week run. You know what I mean? doesn't change the way he should be viewed, though, just as a football player. In my player. eyes, as a man, it does change it. But Football player shouldn't at all. I think at the end of the day... Still I think the greatest football player. I, I I don't know. I think I think you would say thank you though, no matter what you are. If you're a backup quarterback, you're a starting quarterback. If you, if you have fans like Brady does with the Patriots, obviously he has the probably biggest uh, you know fan base, the biggest you know support group in all of the world. Realistically, out of athletes, at least football wise, that is probably not mm-hmm. better than Messi and, and Ronaldo. But you know it's bigger, it's worldwide. Yeah, fair football. He probably should have said thank you though. But what can you do? He should have, but he made his decision. He did what he did. Doesn't change anything with his career. So. Yeah, I don't like the sportsmanship, though. He never had it, though, regardless, so it's whatever. Um, anyways, though, moving on. NFC, AFC Championship games were a week and a half ago now. Um, the second time in the Super Bowl era that both conference championship games had double-digit comeback wins. Obviously, the NFL loves that. Every game came down to the last second, last drive. That's seven NFL games in a row now. Makes them money, makes them ads. People are watching. We're all glued to the TV. They were all psyched. Uh, let's hear your thoughts, though. Bengals-Chiefs, Bengals 27, Chiefs 24. What were your thoughts on that game? Uh, yeah, that was a great game. Um, really went down to the wire. I was impressed the way the Bengals' defense stepped up in the second half, particularly. Um, and Patrick Mahomes, too. What a choke in the second half, only getting one field goal to tie the game uh, and force overtime. Um, definitely didn't see that one coming. I thought the Chiefs would win by 10 to 14 points. Um, so, I mean, and when the Chiefs won that coin toss in overtime, I thought that was it again, too. I was kind of bummed because I thought, you know, the Bengals stormed back. Um, you know, what was the score at halftime? It was, it was Bengals were up 21-3. to three. The, the, the Chiefs, the Chiefs were up 21-3, three. Three, I'm pretty sure, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. And then, yeah, the Chiefs kind of blow it in the second half, then get the coin toss. It was like, oh, of course, here we go again. The same thing that happened in the Bills game is going to happen again, and Mahomes just goes down and scores one touchdown. That's all they need to win the game. Um, and then, you know, they just bombed that ball to um, Hardman. Ball got tipped, picked off by Cincinnati, and then, you know, the rest was history. Great drive by uh, Joe Burrow, uh, pulling that one together in OT. 
Um, the Bengals are really the hottest team in football right now. It feels like their defense is. Um, they've made huge strides in the last couple of weeks leading up to the playoffs. Um, you know, when they beat the Chiefs at the end of the regular season, too, that was a big-time game from them. Um, I mean, it's hard to beat Mahomes, especially late season. And then the way that uh, Bengals played, coming back from 21-3 and only holding the Chiefs to three points the rest of the game between second half and OT, um, it was incredible. So really excited to see the Bengals getting there, and I really think they're the hottest team in football right now. I mean, even though only the Rams are left as well. Yeah, I mean, Burrow... Had a great game, obviously, in the second half. Mahomes, I don't know what happened. I mean, at halftime, 21-3, to he obviously had his chance at OT, threw three passes at OT. All of them should have been intercepted. I mean, he, you know, the last one obviously got him. But they scored three points in the second half, the Chiefs. In the first half, I mean, Mahomes looked like the best quarterback in the league. 98 uh, QBR in the first half with three touchdowns, 18-21. Mm -hmm. to 21, Yeah, three touchdowns. 149 guys. passer rating. He looked unreal. And then you look at the second half, 8-15 with two interceptions and a 34 passer rating, which was abysmal. And, and I can't blame even the Chiefs' defense because – if you're up 21 to three, obviously they did give up 26 straight points, or not 26 straight points. They gave up a 27, 24 to three run. Yep, they gave a 24 to three run. But at the end of the day, though, you'd at least think Mahomes would score more than three points in the second half. So Chiefs defense obviously could have played a little better in the second half, but they weren't put in the best positions. Mahomes and them were, you know, going three and out or getting one first down, then punting every time. And Burrow was dominant again. Um, I've had my critiques with him in the past, um, but played very well. 23 38. 250 yards, two touchdowns a pick. I know everyone that watched the game could see, you know, uh, you know, obviously he's one of the most highlighted players now in the NFL, one of the most colorful guys in the NFL. Now everyone loves him, and he's all over Instagram and everything, all over social media for his swagger. Um, he played very well. Probably going to be, once again, the player of the game that they're going to highlight the most, I'd imagine, for in the sure. Super Bowl. Um, the support staff around him played very well, though. The support players. T. Higgins was dominant that game. Mm -hmm. Six catches, catches. 103 yards. Yep. Jamar um, Chase goes as usual as well. Jamar Chase always plays well. I mean... At the end of the day, Mahomes, Joe Mixon though, had a tough start um, and then kind of brought it back at the end. Had a couple of big runs down there, last drive in regulation, and they're driving OT as well. Yeah, Joe Mixon played well, and I think the story of the game, for me at least, I thought the Chiefs were going to win. I actually had Chiefs 27-23, so just a point off, and then obviously you know flipped the teams. If the Chiefs kicked a field goal in OT and won the game, let's say, I would have had, you know, let's say that they played good defense to stop the Bengals. I would have had 27-23. It would have been 27-24 Chiefs. I was close. But regardless, mm -hmm. Burrow played very well. Um, I know my sister Aaron's the biggest fan of him. So shout out, Aaron. I know you're going to be glued to the TV. She got his jersey. She's been a big fan of him since day one, just like Mark Walsh. Wow. Um, big fans of him. So I'll be rooting for him for them. Um, should be a good game. But, yeah, Mahomes sure. 55 yards, no touchdowns or two picks. That was ridiculous in the second half. But mm -hmm. the yeah, Rams you got to be better, is, especially for the guy that's you know, that the best caliber. quarterback in the league right now. Exactly. I mean, the Rams 9 is a very close game again. Also, what, what were your thoughts on that game? Uh, 2017 Rams. Yeah, that was a great game. Um, really went down to the wire with, um, you know, Jimmy G struggling a little bit down the stretch, you know, struggling to put points on the board per usual, um, you know, as a lot of those Niner playoff games go. Um, the Rams pulling it together in crunch time, um, you know, going down the field and holding strong um, with the lead at the end of the game. Um, you know, solid game from Stafford, nothing uh, – Overwhelming from him. Um, great to see Odell get involved again. My boy, love um, him. Go. Mm -hmm. Cam Akers played well. The whole offense uh, played solid. Um, you know, the Niners, though, I really feel like they're a quarterback away from being a championship team right now. Just you see the way they played despite Jimmy G's, um, you know, mediocre performance. I wouldn't say Jimmy G played horribly. Um, yeah. I get but he definitely didn't play special and definitely didn't play a winning game. Um so, I mean, I'm excited to see the Niners as, you know, time moves on next year and they hopefully start Trey Lance because um, I don't think Jimmy G will be sticking around next year. As much as I like Jimmy G, 
Um, I just don't think he's a great fit in that system that's been relying so heavily on their running game. Um, and I think that they have a solid passer. Um, then that's all they need. I mean, you got a guy like Debo Samuel right now who's kind of carrying that whole offense. The GOAT. Um, yeah, he's been incredible this year. He had a great season. Uh, really kept those Niners in the game. Um, I mean, against a talented Rams defense, too, with stars like Vaughn Miller, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. Um, I mean, that's a tough defense. That's got to be a top three defense in the league. Um, Definitely. Superstar-wise, is just nuts. Mm-hmm. Ramsey, Donald, Vaughn Miller. Yeah, they got three of the biggest, maybe three out of the five biggest defensive names in the NFL. Definitely you know, you left, too. I mean, T.J. Watt maybe to that list. and uh, T.J. Watt, very good. Um, this last year... There are other guys that broke up. I actually like really, I really like Max Crosby on the Raiders. He doesn't have the you know 17, 18 sacks, but okay. yeah, very he's good, good player, big fan of him. Um, and then the Bucks defense was is, is always stacked. Devin White, unreal. Um, yeah. Trying to think of more guys at the top of my head, you know, best defensive players in the Levante NFL. Levante David. Uh, uh, Levante David's very good. Um, it's tough to think of the best though when you think top five defense. It's it's always impossible just to pinpoint the guy straight to your head because the Rams obviously yeah, get, there's so many. I would definitely give Ramsey and Donald. I don't know about Von Miller top five, but Ramsey and Donald. Definitely top five. Um, so it's just nuts how good they are. I, I really like a lot of guys that on top five. Tredavious White was hurt this year, obviously towards ACL, but not a top five play, but I'd take him any day over most cornerbacks. In the NFL. He's unreal. Like, I would too. Just over sure. Ramsey. I'd probably take Ramsey and then Tredavious White. Love him. So mm-hmm. I, one day we should do that, though. When the NFL season's over, we'll give top five at wide receiver, yeah. quarterback, cornerback, safety, all that. You know, I like that, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we'll get that for sure. Maybe next week or the week after we can get into that. Absolutely. Yeah, um, well, let's get into our Super Bowl prediction. So, with the Bengals and Rams winning their facing off this Sunday night, um, super pumped for the game. Wh- who do you think is going to win? It'll be a good one. Um, obviously, my sister, I said, the biggest Burrow fan, so she might be mad at me with this prediction. I may, I actually may be rooting for the Bengals, um, although I do want Odell to win because he's you know a giant and everything. I would be happy if the Rams won. Um, she might be convincing me to root for the Bengals for other reasons, but I'm going to go Rams 30-26. I mean, they, they played very well in that last game. Uh, they've done 17-7 going into the fourth quarter. The biggest comeback in the fourth quarter of an NFC Championship game, down 17-7. Cup played very well again, 11 for 142 and two touchdowns. And then, as you said, Stafford played pretty well too, 31 completions out of 45 passes, 337 yards, two touchdowns, a pick. He's just got to play right, not turn the ball over. Interceptions have been a big problem. Pick sixes even more. I mean, the, the running game is actually going to be, I think, the most interesting thing for the for the Rams because obviously the Bengals can run the ball. But yeah. The Rams only had 70 rushing yards last game. The Niners only had 50. That's just a very low-scoring rushing game. Uh, and then also, there's only one sack in that Rams-Niners game. So both offensive lines, I guess, played mm-hmm. well, too. So Yeah, the Rams offensive line stacked. Uh, the Bengals' defense doesn't really have that super style like Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, and, and Von Miller. Mm-hmm. So They just got a bunch of guys that can play as a unit. That's, that's the, the thing. Just a lot of under-the-radar guys going from the first pick to the fifth pick now to the Super Bowl. They obviously drilled that Jamal Chase pick, even though I probably wouldn't have taken Jamal Chase at five before the draft. Just because I was thinking they got to go protect Burrow, he did get sacked fifty plus times this season and nine times in that Titans game, but it did work out for them. So I'm going to go Rams 30-26. Um, just because I love Odell, I'm going to go Odell eight catches, 102 yards on touchdown. He did go nine to thirteen last game. I was very happy for him. But like you said though, Jimmy G didn't play well enough that last game. The Rams defense played very well in in that last fourth quarter and forced that interception to win the game. Um, and it was a game-winning drive. Potentially, he could have, you know, went down the field and won. Mm-hmm. Like you said, if they had a couple tough drops. Um, probably his uh, last game as a so. niner, realistically. So yeah, I don't think they're um, back. I'll go Rams 30-26. I do think Burrow will have a good game. Give him two touchdowns, three touchdowns. He'll ball out. He's a bright future ahead of him. So I don't think this will be his only run. But I'm rude for Odell just because all the criticism he's gotten into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I want him to win. But what do you yeah, think? Yeah, that would be a great story. But uh, with Odell, um, so I think the Bengals are the hottest team in football right now. I really don't think. 
there's anyone that can stop that connection between Burrow and Jamar Chase. And then T. Higgins has been um, increasing his workload and getting into that mix, too. Um, I mean, their offense is just so explosive. I don't think the Rams secondary will be able to keep up, you know, despite being one of the top defenses in the NFL. We saw um, the Bengals power past the Raiders, who have a solid defense, and the Titans, who have a pretty good defense. Um, and even the Chiefs have a solid defense as well. Um, and just you can see what happens when they get hot, like that second half of the AFC Championship with the Chiefs last week when they scored, um, what was it, 21 straight points? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you see what happens when they heat up and everyone gets going. It all starts with their O-line in the running game, too. Um, Joe Mixon did another incredibly tough tackle. So, oh, nice. I think the Rams are going to have their hands full all day. I don't think they're going to be able to stop the Bengals' offense enough. Um, and I just don't think their offense will be able to match the production of the Bengals. Um, I think Stafford will have a solid game, give them three, probably touchdowns. Um, I would, wouldn't would be surprised if he throws a pick or two. Um, and yeah, I, I'd definitely throw a couple. Mm-hmm. And I see the Bengals. I think it'll be a close game at halftime, maybe even the Rams winning at halftime. But I think because we've seen the last couple weeks, the Bengals always get hot at the right time um, in the second half of a lot of these close games and pull through at the end. So I'm going to go Bengals 33 Rams 30 on a game-winning field goal from wow. the Bengals. That'd be sick. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't mind the Bengals winning. My um, sister's a big fan, as I said. Obviously, it's a great story. Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow going to Super Bowl to be in the national championship together. It's a great story. Mm-hmm. They're making it. And obviously, Burrow's Yeah, Joe Burrow will be the first one ever for a Heisman national championship and Super Bowl. In the second year, too. I mean, that's the thing. I, it's a great story because it's obviously the L.A. Rams at SoFi Stadium, their second year in the stadium. They're the home team, superstar team, stacked. Then you got the Bengals, an underdog story. You just had... The fifth pick in this draft two years ago, the first pick, make the Super Bowl without that superstar player on defense. Not really even that many superstar players on offense. Burrow had a very great year, and so did Jamal Chase, but they mm-hmm. don't, and Joe Mixon as well. But that defense doesn't have that superstar player that most teams that make a Super Bowl run, you know, usually have. Mm-hmm. Usually have at least one guy. It is a big but, time underdog story, but just the way that league. unit's looked. Um, and I would say they have guys not quite superstar status, but you know, a guy like Von Bell, he's been great all year. Very good. Yeah, very I good. Think he did, I think he's solid, a little bit underrated. I think he deserves to be in that, you know, kind of. Solid NFL um, emerging superstar conversation. Um, and yeah. Just a couple guys throw the defense. Their D lines looked good all year. Um, DJ you know, from the Giants. Nice yeah. mm-hmm. Wyatt Rose. Ray from BC. He's looked solid this year. Yeah. Um, he's gotten a couple of snaps. Not um, the my Apple guy though, but everyone else. Yeah, no, you're not big on him. <laughs> he, he doesn't like the but, Giants. Uh, like you know, they, they got to Mahomes pretty well in the second half of um, the AFC Championship, bringing him down for a couple sacks. Um, yeah. And pressuring him a lot and forcing him to go on the run and make tough plays. So props to that defense. And I think Stafford is definitely an easier cover than Mahomes. That's no secret. So, yeah, you know, I, mean, you I, I think best. if the defense locks in. You said it best. Stafford probably throw a couple of picks. I think Stafford probably go 325 yards, probably two two touchdowns and a pick, you know, realistically. And hopefully that pick isn't, you know, costly for him in, in that case because he usually throws a pick every game just about. He loves throwing the ball. I mean, I get it. I love throwing the ball too. Yeah. But, <laughs> so um, I don't get picks as much as he does. But, um, I think it'll be a good game, though, and, and that's the thing. I mean, Burrow's coming off that torn ACL. It's kind of like a super, not superstar, superstar team in the Rams versus that underdog Hollywood type of story because, I mean, they went from the fifth pick. No one had them winning. My dad said today uh, they were 201 to win the Super Bowl before the season, so if you bet $100, you'd be coming back with 20000 which is nuts. So, you know, before the season, wow. you bet $100 on them. So, see how it goes, though. I mean, it'll definitely be a good game. Um, you know, I wouldn't mind the Bengals winning. I won't have doubt to win, but I wouldn't mind the Bengals winning at the end of the day. You know, I just want a good game. And and, and and the Rams, though, the weird thing about them is they just had such an unconventional way to the Super Bowl. They've traded every first-round pick from 2017 to 2023. Haven't had a first-round pick since Jared Goff in 2016. Still made to the Super Bowl. Still somehow acquired guys like Jalen Williams by trading those picks. Vaughn Miller got Odell this season after Robert Woods went down. 
Uh, I've gotten you know to play some got Odell and see how it goes. It'll be a good game though. I'm excited. I get 30-26, 33-30. Should be a good Rams, game. We'll write Bengals that down and talk about it next week. Should be a good one. Give me heads on the toss. Mm-hmm. All right. Well. <laughs> prop, but it'll be a good game. I'm psyched. I'm psyched. Um, should be a good yeah, one. Yeah, should but be great. Can't wait for it. Um, yeah, 20 minutes left. So let's get into a uh, NBA trade NBA deadline, trade deadline talk. We, we might try to get my crew in the last few minutes. Yeah. I think we'll probably go to about 8.05 just because we uh, start at 7.05. So hopefully we get my crew in for the last few minutes talking about the Bruins. But yeah, let's talk NBA trade talk. Let's go. Let's go. So uh, let's start with yesterday. There was a blockbuster trade between the Pelicans and Blazers. This one really shocks me from the Blazers' side. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Pelicans sent uh, CJ McCollum along with Larry, yeah, Larry Nance and Tony Snell to the Pelicans. Uh, for Josh Hart, Thomas Sadoransky, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, D.D. Luzada, and a future first and second. Um, actually, two seconds. Um, I was really surprised with that move from the Blazers' perspective. They've still been adamant on the fact that they want to build around Dame. But trading away your second star for a bunch of young guys who aren't really ready to contribute to an NBA championship team yet is just mind-boggling unless they want to go in for a whole rebuild right now. Um, and then they actually just traded Nikhil, Alex- uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker in a three-team deal. Um, and got Joe Ingles in return, uh, which was even more Joey absolutely Ingles. ridiculous to me. I don't know why they would do that. I love uh, that guy. Joe Ingles is out for the year. She's a big fan of him. We love him. Yeah. I like him, but I mean, you go from CJ McCollum to Joe Ingles as your Robin for that team. That's you know. Yeah, he probably has a small contract. I would imagine it's probably part of it, but he um, has his contract is expiring, so they're doing it for a little bit of cap, uh, cap flexibility. But that's probably it. I mean. That, or, to build the whole organization keeps saying they're trying to build around Dame and build a championship team, but I think this is it. They're just wasting Dame's career at this point, really, because he's so talented, and I mean, he has no one around him. It's just his second best player on that team went from you know CJ McCollum, who could be a secondary piece on a championship team, to Joe Ingles. Um, Absolutely, so that's tough to see. A um, couple of big trades though: Karis LeVert going to the Pacers. Uh, uh, Carol Levert going to the Cavs actually from the Pacers, and then um, today there Buddy was another Hilds. trade. Well, yesterday, oh yeah, yesterday. Buddy Hill to the Pacers, Tyrese Halliburton to the Pacers, and Tristan Thompson to the Pacers in exchange for Demontis Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, and Justin Holiday. Um, I you know I love I love Buddy Hill. I love that duo, De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Hill. I actually met Buddy Hill, very nice guy. Signed an autograph, me even got a picture with him. Um, it was really nice. He actually came off, came out of you know the bus or whatever, and, and came back to sign things for people. He, he was a great guy. I'm a big fan of him. But I think it might have been time just for him to get a change in scenery. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a big contract too, so obviously the Kings want to create some flexibility since they have too many guards. They want to obviously try to get some some bigger guys. Obviously, Demontis Sabonis. They want guys that are, that are, you know front court guys. So tough trade, I guess. In in the case of trade Tyrese Halliburton too, he's averaged 18 points per game in the last 25 games. Young star. I wouldn't say he's going to be a superstar in the NBA. He's definitely going to be a star. Trading him's tough, but maybe they just saw Savonis is is the need, and Halliburton was probably the cost because you probably couldn't trade Davion Mitchell for him. They probably the yeah, Kings weren't trade Davion Mitchell for him. And they said mm-hmm. they trade De'Aaron. I don't think they'd do it. If they did, mm-hmm. might be better for him just to get a change of scenery. I do love the Kings room though. I don't know what I do in that case, but mm-hmm. I get too much. Kings I think the Kings organization must really be buying into that De'Aaron and uh, Demontis Sabonis fit. Um, maybe they I think like those it. two can win a championship together. I, like I do it. think they're two, definitely two upper level players. Yeah, yeah, and I think. They can maybe make a solid duo, and I mean, if they fit well together and can figure out how to score, and I mean, they're both great defenders as well. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. And I mean, I, I honestly like the move for both sides. Obviously, if I'm Sacramento, I wouldn't want to give up Halliburton. Yeah, but funny. getting a player like Sabonis that can help you get into the winning conversation now. Um, I mean, they're still a little bit of a ways from that. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely a move in the right direction. Then for the Pacers too, where 
you're kind of just looking to rebuild the cap space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and get some cap space. Halliburton's um, making know, a rookie contract, so he's getting nothing. He's bringing mm-hmm. you know four million, three million, whatever he's got. It's nothing, and that's the mm-hmm. thing. I mean, there's a lot of guys in. I think getting two good young pieces save some money. You know, mm-hmm. he'll get up to that veteran status actually, which is already crazy to think about. But um, you know, getting two solid pieces in healed and Halliburton that'll be. Um, kind of cornerstones at guard for the future for that team. I really like that move for them. I love Hills. Um, just getting younger. And now, actually, with that, um, Halliburton going to the Pacers, Miles Turner said he's wanted to stay, um, wow, despite all the trade nice. rumors, um, which I don't really like for the Celtics. That's kind of a guy I've always wanted I love to suit up for us. Me too. I've It'd always wanted him. It'd be interesting to see. I mean, I, I saw the Pacers today. They said they may flip uh, Buddy Hill, but now it says, I just got a notification that he's pro- projected to start tomorrow and come back. And play tomorrow and be available. So maybe they're gonna wow. keep him up. I actually like that. But yeah, Halliburton's probably making three or four million. It's crazy what three or four million dollars can get you in every sport. Like in the MLB, mm-hmm. yeah, especially for young guys, he's got so much value. Exactly. I mean, Shohei Otani so has is only making three million dollars. He's all you can be the first or second best player in baseball. The most exciting for sure. I mean, he's got the most viewers. He got every viewer in baseball watching this year. People that were new viewers always because of mm-hmm. Shohei Otani. Yeah, even me, who's not really a huge baseball fan. I mean, I watch the Red Sox and follow them, but mm-hmm. other baseball games I don't really have much interest in. Um, I mean, unless it's like the World Series. Or yeah, I get ALCS. that. Um, I, think I think it's interesting about what, like, what three yeah, it's just, can get you. It is just super exciting watching them. But yeah, I mean, just so many young players these days, especially in the NBA, you see like guys like Halliburton. Um, I mean, just making an impact at such a young age. Yeah, um, Absolutely. That's so thing. definitely a good move for them. Um, but let's get into some Celtics talk with the trade deadline. A lot of speculation about what the Celtics are going to do. A lot of people are calling for Dennis Schroeder to be traded. Um, I, I just because it's an expiring contract. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't give him up for a draft pick personally just because I think the way we've been winning six games in a row, we're starting to get hot. I think we can go into a win-now mode uh, without sacrificing our future. And I think um, trading Schroeder is not necessarily a bad idea. I don't really think... We need him, um, but I also think we need to keep the same value in players. I, I saw that. one mock trade the other day about um, Schroeder for Dante DiVincenzo. I honestly wouldn't mind that. Oh, I had some shooting, some defense. It's coming off a knee injury, right? A year or two ago, mm-hmm. ACL. Yeah. Um, but he's always been a solid piece for the box. Um, wouldn't crack the starting lineup for Boston probably um, like he did in Milwaukee. Um, but he could definitely be a solid bench piece. Um, that just only leaves questions about who we're going to move into the starting lineup. Probably Josh Richardson next to Marcus Smart in the backcourt. That would mean... If you um, were to trade Schroeder, yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, it'd be interesting to see, though. You know, I always thought you know, maybe the Celtics would try to trade a guy like Ozzy Schroeder for a draft pick. And that would just be... Uh, clearly, we're not ready. We don't want to win right now. We're trying to... Which I don't know. I don't know if we're ready to win right now. Anyways, if you're trading Schroeder, it's probably meaning you're giving up on the end of the season just because he's always played a big role in why you know, we have a six-game winning streak right now. Him and Tatum and Brown have been playing great in the last few... Uh, games, you know, as a run together. But mm-hmm. uh, if we do trade him, I do think it probably means we're saying, okay, it's probably for next year. Let's, let's at least get something for an expiring contract. That's the thing I've always wondered about. Like, you know, Danny Ainge never wanted to pull mm-hmm. a trigger and make a big move. Trading sure wouldn't be a big, big move. But landing a guy in years past like Jimmy Butler or Kawhi Leonard or Paul George, those mm-hmm. are all potential big moves. I don't know if there's that big move coming now. I mean, Darren Fox I don't think there's going to be any market. kind of monumental move like Bradley that. Bradley Beal's I just think it'll be minor things. So there's no real big mm-hmm. trades. I think Darren If Fox we had kept losing, I think we might have made a big move. Um, but, you know, winning six in a row, Brad definitely doesn't want to shake things up. I'll trade um, for Darren, though. Too much. Boy, I wouldn't mind Darren if we could somehow get our hands on him without giving up Tatum or Brown. I yeah, think that would be a he, great big three. You'd probably have to give, like, three first... If you're not going to give those, you'd probably have three first round days. Romeo Lankford, Grant Williams... Um, Nee Smith. Probably Shuda, one of Smart or probably Rob Marcus Smart. You'd have to give like eight pieces if you're not going to give Jalen Brown and Tatum. I mean, realistically, you'd probably have to give one of them still because they trade Halliburton. Tatum, no, I mean, 
both Tatum and Brown definitely have more trade value than well, De'Aaron right now. What I'm thinking I mean, they're is all if they traded Halliburton, they're probably just saying we're keeping De'Aaron type of thing. That's what I'm yeah, thinking. I don't so think they're doing a fire more. sale like they were originally That's what I'm thinking. On. Yeah. Another guy I kind of had my eye for this out there too is Rashawn Holmes, but I think with the Love moves the Kings just made, I don't really think they're going to be looking to move him any more pieces. He's good, Just though. start a total rebuild. He is great. I'll I would love to have him on the Celtics. Um, but Rob Williams' play has uh, you know, improved significantly over recent weeks. Um, I've been pretty happy with the way he's playing. He's been able to stay healthy this year, you know, knock on wood. Um, but you know, moving into the playoffs, I feel good about where the Celtics are at right now. And I mean, two weeks ago on the podcast, I was saying that we need to make a move now. Um, I mean, we're losing to everyone, it felt like. And we'll see, because a lot of the teams we've been beating are you know, underwhelming. We beat the Nets by almost 30 last night, I want to say. Um, but they didn't have any of their big three. We've been beating teams like the Pistons, Pacers, Hornets. Pelicans, mm-hmm. Hawks. Not really anything super impressive. We have a game against the Nuggets Friday night. I think that's going to be a proven game for us. Um, too bad that falls after the trade deadline. Um, but we're looking good right now, and I think if we can keep this streak up, then there's not really much need to make a move. Just We may as well go for it at this point, um, you know, because Tatum and Brown are starting to get older and getting into that age where you know, you realize that they're not going to get much better from where they are right they're now. They're younger, too. I mean, yeah, they're young right mm-hmm. now, but they're not going to be 2021 20, anymore. Yeah, Yeah, we can't just keep playing for the future at some point when you got two massive pieces like this um, and Tatum and Brown. So I think at some point we just got to say, you know, put our chips in and go for it. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying sacrifice our future and trade five first-round picks either. I'm just saying if they really do want to trade Schroeder and get DiVincenzo, I feel like that's fine because, you know, we still get value um, in terms of helping us win a championship this year. Yeah. Keeping the roster intact. Um, like you said, yeah, Rob Williams had a great season. He went from averaging eight points and, and seven rebounds last year to now averaging 10 points and 10 rebounds, averaging 2.2 blocks, which is up from 1.8 last year. Um, he's about 10 rebounds a night type of guy, usually at least 11, 12, mm-hmm. some nights. Big double-double guy. Yeah, he's a, he's a great player, very good field goal percentage, 74%. Um, big piece to build around, as you said. I would build around him. Tatum, Brown, I, you already know my opinions about Tatum and, and Brown and all that, not being team players, but mm-hmm. Rob Williams I would definitely keep around. One guy I would trade for – which I don't know what the price is because he's a free agent this coming summer. He's definitely going to want some money. He's on an expiring contract. Jalen Brunson, point guard, Dallas Mavericks. Okay. I'm a fan of him. Um, I don't know what his contract, you know, I think he's not making much this year. He's probably like a shooter where it's like just a one year. Probably left in the deal, just this. And mm-hmm. I really don't know if he would add season. much to, I mean, unless we got him long term, I really don't know if he'd add much to our team over Schroeder right now. The way Schroeder has been playing the last couple of weeks, um, he started to heat up a little bit and, you know, play the way that he was expected to. Brunson's um, like 20 a night, though. That's why I like him. You know what I mean? He can score. He can get some assists. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, like six assists a game. I really um, don't know if a scoring point guard is what we need. They're just after Kemba, Kyrie, now Schroeder. Schroeder's not quite the same scoring point guard, obviously, as Kemba or Kyrie. Um, but, you know, if we were to make a move for a different point guard, I'd rather have more of a defensive and playmaking type. Almost like a Rondo. I wouldn't want Rondo now just, um, you know, for the locker room sake and, um, you know, his age. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. I mean, yeah, hopefully... If we were to make a move, hopefully it's the right move. See how it goes. I would definitely hold on to a lot of the core pieces. You already know. I, we've already explained our, you know, differences about Tatum and Brown yeah, in our check it out. Christmas, Christmas special. special. <laughs> definitely look on, look on Spotify. But we'll see how it goes. Um, we got another ten-ish minutes left. Um, hope we finish up the Celtics talk. Maybe have Mike Hurley come on talk some Bruins, Atuka. Um, anything else you want to say about the trade deadline or? Final prediction, anything? I think the Kings um, hold on to De'Aaron. I think they should yeah, hold on Yeah, I think they will hold on. I That's don't think the Kings are going to make any more moves. It's not a big prediction, but um, it's a prediction. I've actually got one hot take right now as Harden trade talks are heating up. Wow. Uh, yeah. The Sixers desperately want to get rid of Simmons this year because he's not playing for them anymore, and 
the longer they wait, I know that they're starting to realize the lower Simmons' trade value is going to drop. Um, so, I mean, things are starting to heat up. There's nothing set in stone yet between the Sixers and the Nets, but I wouldn't be surprised if by 3 p.m. tomorrow, Ben Simmons is in Brooklyn and Harden's in Philly to play at the B. teams, probably. Mm-hmm. I really think Harden's overrated, um, but I think seeing him and Embiid play together would be really cool. It would definitely help um, you know, the Sixers push further into a contending spot because Ben Simmons is doing nothing for them right now. So I would honestly like the move for both sides. I do question Harden's fit a lot with Kyrie and um, Durant. We saw in the playoffs last year, even just with Kevin Durant, uh, Harden had some pretty brutal nights, especially against the Bucs in that Eastern Conference final or semifinal series. Um, so, you know, definitely I wouldn't be surprised to see Harden get moved um, yeah. by 3 p.m. tomorrow. And I think that would be a good move for both sides, honestly, as long as... Even if they just get traded, you know, one for one, no picks or anything attached, I don't think either side will really get hurt. I think it's more of a risk for the Nets and the Sixers. Because at ben some Simmons point, is gonna play, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ben Simmons is going to play for the Sixers. And then, uh, you know, he's just losing trade value day Can't in get day motivated out, on the so. court. He's a demon, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Ben Simmons. I don't really, I don't want him in Boston. I remember a couple weeks ago there was rumors coming out that we might trade Jalen Brown for Ben Simmons. I might have stopped watching the team if we had yeah, no, Ben Simmons never do that. Tatum. Um, He's a diva, though. You can't get him over in the court, shout out Tommy G. But, yeah, you can't, go, uh-huh. you can't get him out there. He doesn't want to play. He doesn't want to play. So I don't know what it is, but mm-hmm. I'm with you He'd there. He fit right in with Brooklyn, then. Yeah, I know. With all those teams, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> team, that team might blow up faster than what they have right now. Oh, yeah, the team would have to move out of Brooklyn by the end of the season. Sorry, <laughs> um, anyways, though, um, just got the NBA trade talk, and that was probably our biggest headline I uh, think to talk about since that's coming tomorrow. I mean, that, that's going to be a big thing. How to give out predictions. And besides the Super Bowl, that's probably the biggest thing yeah. um, we discussed. Yeah, maybe the being caught in my eyes. But the, we know mm-hmm. the NBA trade deadline. Big week for we sports in this area, yeah. Last week, Boston sports. Last week, we've been excited about that. But one thing I want to highlight, the, the United States just got their first gold in women's snowboard crossing today. Lindsay Jacob Ellis. Hopefully many more gold medals to come. Didn't watch too much Olympics yet. I was watching with our roommate Dan last night. We both were watching me and Cruz mm-hmm. with them. Um, hopefully you can watch some more and cover that maybe next week put it, give it some take of that and mm-hmm. can uh, talk ice hockey too Jacob Ellis just got the first gold medal so congratulations hopefully many more for US, the USA and let's get Mike Hurley going sports guru go. returning guest he's going to come on talk some Bruins talk a little to Garas from a fan's perspective how he feels about it and then maybe give us some talk about something else if you, if you got a quick man we'll probably go in about 8.05ish and, and see how it goes let me give him a call right now but we're, we're psyched let's see But yeah, we're psyched. Hopefully get him on. He's a sports guru for a reason. Um, he's the man, the myth, the legend. Call him right now. Let's get it. Let's go. What's going on, Mike? How we doing, Mike? The sports guru. Here he is live. Coming back for another run. Hold on. Let me get the speaker on, kid. Here we go. Let him go. What would well, you say? Uh oh! Uh oh! <laughs> oh, here we go. Yes. What do you think? Yeah. Let's hear. Let's hear your opinions. I mean, he was a great player. Statistically, he goes down as what the most wins in franchise history. Probably the best save, save percentage, all that. But mm-hmm. he's got the big issue. He couldn't win the big game. I actually went, uh, unfortunately, to Game Seven against the Blues, where he let in two goals on four shots. Mm-hmm. Completely oh yeah. In the building. Um, I don't even think I got up during intermission. It was just brutal. Yeah, it's depressing. I get that. Yeah, that was a tough end of the series. But um, I think the game that epitomizes him really is in 2010 when Thomas was out. Rass came in. He was stellar. Bruins go up 3-0 against the Flyers in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals, I think, or 
no, a game before that divisional. And then the Bruins lose three straight. Game seven, we have a three-goal lead. And then we blow it. I mean, aside from the Flyers breaking uh, David Krejci's wrist. Right? Yeah, that was ridiculous. I know you were pissed about that. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, career-wise, I think he's an underachiever. You know, great stats, underachiever. He's just like Aaron Rodgers and those guys. Uh-oh. You know, it's my boy. Stats, <laughs> but they can't actually punch through and win the big game often enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I get that. But I know you're a fan of him, so it. I'm sure it's a bittersweet. Suspension. I saw that. Oh, he's going to yeah. have an in-person my, meeting. Uh, personal favorite, Bergeron, took a dirty hit. Questionable slew foot there from... Uh, yeah. Crosby, so. I saw that. I didn't like uh, that. Yeah. The slew foot, that's what Jordan Harris got. Casey Carew from BC gave Jordan Harris that in, in October. I wasn't a fan of that either. You know it's your favorite player, my favorite player. We're talking about the second best player in Bruins history. So. Yeah, and I get that. I get what you, what's your what are your opinions on the current uh Bruin State right now, the team? Let's hear let's hear uh, let's hear a breakdown. Taylor Hall's been playing well. Yeah, he's been playing well, but I think it's more he's feeding off David Posternock scoring what, thirty percent of the goals since um yeah, had a couple last game, game, right? Yeah, he's been high. He put a couple in last night. Hall's been decent. He doesn't, he doesn't put the puck in the net enough, I don't think, to warrant his, uh, his current salary, but we'll see. The thing is, um, at this point, with Bergeron down, the Bruins are going to have to look and see if they can get a second-line center. I'm hoping they can go get uh, JT Miller from Vancouver Canucks. They're not going to be a playoff team. So oh, yeah, they, 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 I saw that they may trade him. Yeah, I saw they may trade him. I don't care if they trade Debrusque, Steen, uh, Studnika, whatever you got to do. Trade him. Yeah, that'd be a solid pickup. Go, hey, <laughs> go get your boy Gaudet, Mike. Mike Curry picked up Gaudet in fantasy. Gaudette. He had a couple goals. Last night they took that one away, which was stupid, but hockey gods been lighting it up. He's my boy. He's a, he's a wagon. Gunna Wolf. Gunna Wagon. Oh, that's right, yeah. I mean, I watched that beatball game. Tough one, for, uh, tough one for the Eagles there. Yeah, we really brought him uh, you know, back at two, the end. Two best players over Olympics. Mm-hmm. I, I was impressed the way the offense played about them. Yeah. We're going to break that down. We need you to come yeah, back yeah. on and break it down, kid. I know you'll be taking notes. Yeah, for sure. I know you'll be taking notes. Yeah, it should be a good game. Because um, what? We got Levi on Team Canada. Team Canada, yeah. He's the, he's yeah. the man. Mick Bain. Mick mm-hmm. Bain on Canada. Yeah. McLaughlin and Hellison. Yep, exactly. Yeah, it should be a good one. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, he's one of the NHL vets out there. I love it. Free agent vets. Kenny Augustino was a Providence Bruins player for a while. A couple games with the Beats. Mm. So, yeah, it's where it's at. But it should be a good game. Yeah, I mean, Mike was texting me during the Bean Pod. He was saying, even though he's a Bruins, I mean, a BC fan, he was saying, gun a wagon, though. What a beast. Yeah, are you? He's a, he's a dog. He was locked down. Uh, Two points. Mm-hmm. Hey, I, I, had a, I had a couple... I had a couple uh, goals from him and Colangelo. They both score. They're both sophomores, and he's actually a credit as uh, prospect. I think he's in their top ten actually in their prospect class. Um, he got drafted by them out of high school. He's a beast. I heard you give uh, Kevin Kevin Wild a shout out. That was oh. my most memorable oh. game. You were there when he scored four goals. He went. He scored a couple of goals. He would score straight. Yeah, it was wow. nuts. Guy went on a run. He won the MVP without even Northeastern winning, which is like the first time that I think it's ever happened, or at least That's first time in years. Hey, it's not his fault, though. He played very well. Northeast didn't have the goalies they have now. I mean, Caden Primo, Craig Pantano, um, uh, this last year. Levi's played well this year. Semptenfelta. Yeah, he's a beast. He stepped up big time. Sempty. Got a wagon, though. Yeah, guy's a beast. I love I love Fontaine. But the Bruins guy, Kuntar for BC, he looked pretty good. He played well. He was lighting it up. Yeah, he did. 
Mm-hmm. He's, he's been Zach solid Thompson. this season. Um, yeah, I mean, hasn't had like as great of a season as I'd hoped. Um, I mean, just with BC in general, the whole offense has been a little bit stagnant. Um, yeah. But I think lucky, though, you got young prospects. It's not necessarily the stats. It's more like how they look on the ice. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it seems like he's got yeah. some strength. He's pretty good holding on to pucks mm-hmm. in tough areas. So yeah, he's had his moments definitely. Um, yeah. He's going to be in the development camps with the uh, the big Bruins. You got to at least hold your own. Yeah, true. Yeah, he had a couple of big plays over the summer. I remember the Bruins were um, posting a couple of his videos. He had this one nasty move and uh, scored a goal against one of the big guys, um, which is cool to see. Yeah, he's I mean, good. He's he, only 19, too. Yeah, so. think about Andrews Bjork, right? He was breaking records. He was double shifted at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Against BC when Notre Dame was in hockey East for a little bit there. And, uh, a couple years ago. I think BC was ranked number one, and they beat him two out of three games. You know, put up yeah. some good numbers too. So Bjork, the mm-hmm. guy. He was on the Bruins. Look, he couldn't get the same time and space. He wasn't putting up the numbers, and they had to trade him. It's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. We got to play it well too. But uh, what's what are your predictions for the Beanpot though? Finals, BC, B, B, uh, BU Northeastern. What do we think? TJ Semdefield, the forty-one saves. Goalie looked good. I mean, if he plays like that again, I, I don't see. Um, he's nineteen too. Like, I mean, what a, what a yeah, he's goalie factor. Time. I thought. Jerry Keefe, though. I thought you guys were going to be in big trouble with that uh, Levi. Yeah, the Levi's tough. I mean, hey, Northeast, no, think about this, though. Jerry Keefe is the head coach now. He's had a great season coaching. But Jim Madigan really is one of the best recruiters in college hockey. Look at the stack line we've had, though. That's not good. Happens. But look at the stack line we've had, though. I mean, it, all around. Aiden McDonough, Jordan Harris, both of my favorite players right there. Fontaine, you've highlighted. Yeah, I know you're right. Should be a good one though. Hopefully, we'll see how that goes. But you're right. You're yeah, right. True. I mean, hey, some developer played great. BC was lighted up. Kuntar had a lot of shots on goal. Giles had a lot of shots on goal. And Brozio had a lot of shots on goal. Casey Carew even almost scored. Yeah, what was I mean, it? Forty-one shots. I mean, 40, 42. The offense played great. Um, in the absence of McLaughlin and um, McBain, I thought. Yeah. I thought we'd have you know, swearing going. Yeah. It's getting me swearing. It's my yeah, first swear on there. It's not good. Power play at some point in the third period, they didn't capitalize on it, right? They didn't look as crisp mm-hmm. as the Northeastern one, so. Yeah, they had a couple good-looking one-timers, though. We got on transition a couple times, and I thought we had a couple good opportunities to score. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, Northeastern goalie held, um, uh, held it down. So you've got Northeastern winning? The power play, they, you know, keep it in the zone for the full two minutes, zipping the puck around. Maybe back when Goodrow was there. I know, oh, yeah. yeah, they need him. They need him again. But hey, Jordan Harris played great. My favorite player. He played awesome, and uh, Northeast's defense is always playing well. But yeah, give me a goal. I mean, give me a score prediction real quick. Let's hear it. Oh, for the B-Pod? Yeah. Yep. Um, maybe three-one Northeastern. Let's go. All right, he's on the train. Let's go. go. And hey, one more thing. Yeah, it looks that way. That goal is good. If he doesn't come to show, if he doesn't show up, I mean, you could be seeing maybe three-two BU. Yeah, I don't That's know. Right. That was my not. prediction. Three-two BU. I'm hoping not. I'm hoping not. But hey, let me hear uh, one more thing though. The MLB just got rid of their steroid testing. The agreement just ended. Probably won't be there this time. Uh, by the, you know, by the team, by the time the season comes around, obviously MLB still on a lockout. Uh, what are your what are your opinions on Barry Bonds getting in? Bazo. Oh, Bazo, big Bazo. I, I think he should have got in because how can you tell the story of that era of baseball without Barry Bonds, right? Yeah, you're right. And now steroids out. Steroid testing's out. Bonds never actually tested positive for steroids. Nope. Juiced, uh, him and Clemens too. Maguire, Sosa, yeah. I mean, what was it? Ortiz, he actually got popped. He yeah. Popped oh, yeah. And they got him in. So it's a lot more about the personality. Um, mm-hmm. 
Right, because there was lawsuits, I think, with... Yeah, and Bonds fought it, too. Uh, Ortiz just kind of accepted everything and all the speculation. So Bonds fought it. Uh, Manny gets in, but he's... I don't know, he's probably on the outside looking in, him and A-Rod. Yeah. But Manny, Manny won some championships. I mean, he was... Oh, he's the GOAT. Terrific. I mean, Ortiz... Love Manny. Ortiz, it's your boy. Manny, not winning those World Series. That's your boy. But um, anyways, Michael, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. Thanks Always a pleasure. Back. Sports guru, Mike Hurley, once again. He's going to come on he's next week. Pretty, uh, we need to hear more. He de- uh, he definitely needs uh, a retired yeah. Patriot. He's got he's gonna have number retirement statues. He's gonna have plenty of days over at Gillette Stadium. I'll rename it Brady Stadium. He doesn't need to on his retirement day suddenly go mm-hmm. for a marketing uh, stint with the Patriots. They didn't sign him. They should have kept him the whole time. Well, it's because you mm-hmm. love him. You're gonna say that they didn't have to retire a Patriot. Come on, give me a break. You know he should have. He's gonna he's gonna be. It's not like he went to Tampa Bay and did nothing either. Why not? It's not like Paul Pierce, where Paul Pierce just kind of bounced around the league for a few years and then. Didn't yeah, Paul Pierce else. is different, but. But Brady still won a Super Bowl, so it's a little bit different. I know it's your boy, and also you can defend him. Yeah. I knew you'd defend him. You take a bullet from him, just like I would for Eli. It makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. But uh, hey, thanks so much for coming on, Mike. We appreciate it. the sports guru once again. He's going to come on next week. Maybe talk Olympics hockey, talk some Bruins again. Uh, maybe for talk sure. about Masha's suspension if it were to happen. Yeah, we need some takes. Really quick, Super Bowl, Super Bowl score. That's Fire it. Man. Last thing, Super Bowl score. Give us it. I think, I think you know, you would pick the Chiefs over the Rams. Yeah, I, I, I think you might yeah. pick the Bengals to win. All right, I respect that. Twenty three. Buzzo. Okay. Okay. Oh, low scoring. Von Miller looks good though. I mean, he was able to. He does look good. He's brought it back since the start of the year. Yeah, he's the man. So. But hey, have you got your predictions in? Came on, give us your hot takes. Rolskis on Monday night. They're gonna be rooting. But uh, thanks so much for coming on, Mike. We appreciate it. You're the goat. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Hey, right, take See it easy. Have a good one. Have a good night. All right. Mike and, uh, Curley, the GOAT, baby. With that, we'll end up uh, another week, week nine. Um, so we want to thank you guys again for coming out and listening. Uh, we have a lot of fun doing this, and we look forward to you know going over the Super Bowl and everything else that's going on next week. Yeah, it should be a good one. We'll be back on next Wednesday night, February 16th, 7, 8 o'clock, hopefully recap the Beanpot game, the NBA trade deadline, give our talks for the Super Bowl uh, recap. See what happened, you know, in that game. Hopefully a good one. We're, we're all excited for that. Um, really quick before we finish, just want to give a quick shout-out to my boy Eduardo. Works the front desk uh, at 2000 Com Ave where we live. He's the absolute GOAT. Guy's a legend. He is. The best person that works at BC. Click hut number one. BC's lucky to have him. Really is the GOAT. Every single conversation I have with him gets better and better. We love that guy. He's the GOAT. For sure. um, but sure thank you so much for listening, Eduardo. He listened tonight. He was texting me, giving me his uh, – he, he was laughing, giving me his uh, laughter about me saying I take a bullet for Eli. I loved it. Hey, you're the man, Eduardo. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you to my family and friends everyone listening. Thank you to Mike Curley for coming on too. Yep, thank uh, you, Mike. Always a pleasure to be back on next week, uh, 7 o'clock, as I said, Wednesday night, February 16th. Come back, hopefully some hot takes uh, for the rest of the NBA season after the trade deadline, see what the Celtics do. We'll go from there. But thank you, guys. Have a great week. Uh, end of the week, have a great weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Stay safe, stay well, and have a good one.